Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessel talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Yank on the Footy live on the 28th or 29th of March, depending upon where you are. I'm coming to you at 8 o'clock in the evening on the East Coast of the United States and at 11 a.m. in Melbourne, and thanks for listening. A lot to talk about this week, and of course, the huge news this week, uh, which we'll get into, is, of course... Buddy Franklin kicking goal 1,000. And, you know, we can't be any more excited about that than we are. I'm going to go ahead and turn my headphones back on because I'm not sure why I'm getting the feedback that I've been getting here. This is something completely new with uh, the Podbean app here, and I'm not real pleased with what's happening. So... As we jump into this round here, I do want to go back and look into what happened in round two. And as far as the tips are concerned, I did go six and three this week. I missed on the first game of the weekend and the last two. Of course, missing on the Bulldogs again and the Dockers and GWS. And, you know, I I keep tipping the Dockers thinking that they're going to win. And they're kind of like fool's gold as far as I'm concerned, because last year I tipped them to play finals. That didn't work out. And it's, uh, they're they're kind of a frustrating club to try to tip, as as many of you are probably well aware. Yeah, this is a club that's got a lot of talent, but they can't always seem to get it together, you know, week in and week out. You know, they squeaked out a great victory in uh, Adelaide in round one, and then just kind of looked a little disjointed this past week against St. Kilda. And St. Kilda, you know, you got to tip your cap to them because they did a nice job against them. It's uh, it's a side that has some talent, both of them, as a matter of fact. But uh, Fremantle is a bit of an enigma. And, you know, I don't like to say that about any club, but it's kind of how they are. Now, folks, it is only round two. And I do have to ask you the uh, – Big question here. You know, by a show of hands, how many of you, how many of you out there had Hawthorne, Collingwood, Carlton, and Gold Coast in your top eight after round two? My hand's not up either because I didn't have them there. In fact, I didn't have any of them in the eight at the end of the season. And of course, none of these clubs may be there at the end of this year. But I'll tell you what, it is, uh, it's kind of interesting to see these clubs that, since I've been following the game for the last six years, have scuffled. Uh, they've not been real premiership threats, of course. You know, Carlton has been rebuilding since I've been watching the game. You know, Collington, Collingwood did play in uh, a grand final back in 2018. But beyond that, they've kind of gone into rebuild mode. And, you know, Hawthorne has kind of been in a process of where they were looking like they were going to be pushing their senior coach out, which they ultimately did do. And it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of fun to see them in the position that they're in right now. And, of course, you know, those of you who had your hands up before, I'm guessing you're also not going to be putting your hand up because 
you had Essendon, GWS, the Bulldogs, and Port Adelaide all winless after the first two rounds. I mean, if you're a fan of the TV show Stranger Things, we're kind of in the upside down right now. This is uh, this is a little crazy. You know, this is uncharted territory for those of us who are are footy fans here, or especially recent footy fans. Now, if you've been a footy fan for 20, 30 years, of course, you, you know that these clubs are at the top of the ladder on a consistent basis, other than Gold Coast, which is kind of refreshing seeing them in that direction. But, of course, the most exciting game of the weekend, it has to be the uh, the Sydney and Geelong game. And it wasn't necessarily because the game was exciting because, hey, I'm a Cat supporter and I tipped Sydney to win this game. I just didn't see how it was going to work out well for us. You know, we ran well against Essendon in round one, but Sydney, I think, is a whole different ball game. And of course it was. And and if you look at the, the game, it was just, it was just a little frightening because the Cats just, they, they disappeared. You know, Jeremy Cameron had three behinds, but Patty Dangerfield, Tom Hawkins were, were pretty much non-existent. They were non-factors during the course of the game. You know, I, I do have to tip my cap to Bradley Close, you know, who's uh, becoming a fan favorite in far, as far as the, the Cats' uh, discussion boards and that sort of thing are on Facebook. I mean, people are enthralled with this young man, whether it's the, uh, the mustache or the long sleeves. This is just a kid who is a hard-nosed kid and, you know, went out there, five tackles, 18 disposals, and kicking four goals one. I mean, he kept, the, he kept the club in the game because without him, this would have been an even wider margin in the 30-point blowout that it was. But, you know, the way I looked at it after this uh, fourth goal from Buddy was kicked, and, and first of all, I have to say, phenomenal imagery. You know, I cannot thank those of you who posted your video online enough to allow those of us who were not there to, to see it. Uh, what was really cool was seeing the player, not the players, the supporters sneaking out on the ground behind him as he was getting ready to make contact with the ball to kick the thousandth goal. I mean, they were already on the ground 10, 15 meters behind him. That was really cool to see that. And I, I wonder what would have happened had he missed these people would have had to all turn around and scramble back off the ground. You know, I did see that the one gentleman at the end was, was rounded up by law enforcement. And I, I hope they didn't find him for that because, you know, maybe he had had uh, one too many cold beers during the course of the game and could not figure out where to find his way off the ground. I hope they took it easy on him. I hope they just escorted him off the ground and, and got him back somewhere near his seat. That would have been a great thing. But what was really neat about this is yeah, you're seeing all the people crowd around him and that overhead image of all of them just collapsing on that pocket off to the side there was just really, really neat to see. But as a cat supporter, again, I, I loved seeing the pomp and the circumstance, if you will, of him getting his 1,000. Richly deserved on his part. Is he the last person that we're going to see kick 1,000 goals? 
very likely. But here I am, and I'm sure other cat supporters were thinking about this because it got discussed on Twitter while this was going on, asking, can they just go ahead and end the game here? You know, there's five minutes and 55 seconds left in the game, and the Cats were down by, I think, 27 points. They're not going to come back and win this one. It's not happening. Could they not have just called it? The way I looked at it was as though it was a uh, kind of at a prison, if you will, and it's execution day. And it's, it's inevitable. You're about to be executed. And they bring you out to the gallows to execute you. And the executioner is there. And he picks up his big axe that he's going to behead you with. And he looks at it and he says, Damn, I need to sharpen this. Can you hold on for just a couple of minutes while I go ahead and hit this with the stone and sharpen this up? I'll be with you in just a moment, okay? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, we'll get to you. Yeah, you're the head a little off the top yeah we're we're good to go i just need to hit this a couple more sides a couple more times on the other side here before we uh we go ahead the execution was going to take place but it was it was being delayed unfortunately and maybe that's too dramatic a way to look at it but it's just that's what popped into my my twisted mind as i'm watching this thinking just stay in the in the changing rooms and go ahead and end the game there you know, but somebody posted online, they said, well, you know, the people who are, uh, you know, posting uh, their their multis and their tips and their bets and that sort of thing on it. And the fantasy games are all dependent upon what happens. And and at that point in time, if I had a player on my fantasy team and I wasn't wagering at all on anything, I don't know how that works. But if I had a player on my fantasy team that was um, in this game. I'd have been perfectly fine if he didn't get the opportunity to score any more points for me. Yeah, because the clubs had to come back out and just go through the motions for the last few minutes. And it was, fortunately, nobody got hurt. Fortunately, nobody got hurt, which unfortunately you can't say the same thing about what happened in the Brisbane and Essendon game. And, you know, Brisbane, you know, they exploded in the second quarter. They overcame a 22 point deficit. And uh, Brisbane showed that they are a club to be reckoned with this year. You know, are they a a finals favorite? Are they a top four favorite? I think they might be. You know, Lockie Neal just had a phenomenal game, 41 disposals, 12 clearances, and two goals. But the sad thing about the game was right at the end of the game, Zach Merritt having a foot injury, uh, Syndesmosis, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Again, that's a term that doesn't get used here in the United States. Uh, But he's had surgery, I believe, and is now going to be out for six to eight weeks. Now, this is a club that can ill afford to to be missing anybody else. I mean, they've got their 0-2 to start the year. And if you haven't looked at the uh, fixture, well, guess who they're playing in round three? the defending premiers. They're playing the D's this weekend coming up. They have a distinct possibility of going 0-3 to start out the year. And if I'm not mistaken, they've got a couple of really tough games coming after that as well. So this is this is going to be a, a real gut check time for the Bombers. And I 
I hope just from a competitive standpoint, they're able to turn it around. But have they dug themselves such a deep hole right now that they do not have time to climb out of this? I hope that that's not the case. I don't think that it is because we're only two rounds in. But they've got to start getting some wins here pretty soon. And losing arguably their best player for the next six to eight games is going to make that task much more difficult. Now, let's look at the first of the, the clubs that are up at the top of the ladder that, that we're, we're all kind of shocked about. And that is, of course, the, uh, the Magpies. And this is a club that a lot of people were picking not to be in the finals. I didn't pick them there. A lot of youngsters coming in. You know, this is new, new uh, senior coach. How are they going to react to him? Well, I'll tell you what. This is a club that has looked rather good over the first two rounds. You know, they had kind of a unique situation here with 30 free kicks for them and only 16 for Adelaide. So if you're a Crow supporter, you might be, you know, screaming at your computer right now when you hear that. You know, their, destru- their defensive structure has been under the pump all season because Adelaide has really struggled to put points on the scoreboard. You know, you're, you're missing, you know, Tex Walker, of course, but it's, it's still a side that is needing to put more points on the board, not completely unlike that of Fremantle. But the Magpies, like I said, I've been impressed with them. The speed that they've been playing with has been phenomenal. You know, they had 12 different goal scorers this past week. You know, Jack Crisp, 26 disposals, 10 tackles. And while it's still very early in the year, I think if you're a Magpie supporter, you've got to be cautiously optimistic of where your club is because you have what might just be that perfect blend of quality veteran players on your side to go along with this group of youngsters that is coming through right now. So something could be cooking with Collingwood this year. Now, you know, I have to ask this, and, I, and I'm and i going to go ahead and uh, mention it again because I haven't mentioned it enough. I did tip Hawthorne to beat Port Adelaide this week. And is Hawthorne just going to run roughshod over the entire competition this year? I mean, are they, are they on a mission to help their senior coach find a new job for next year? Are they just going to go out and beat clubs that uh, are, are looking for possibly a new senior coach? And that's not to say that Ken Hinckley is going anywhere, but, you know, after the first two losses of the season here, are they going to be able to get things turned around? You know, I, I wonder. You know, Hawthorne, in many cases, is, is in a situation similar to Collingwood. They're playing with a lot of speed, a lot of aggressiveness. They have a nice core of veterans and a great group of young players that are coming along. And isn't it nice having Jack Gunston back out there? You know, he pounded home three more goals this week. You know, Mitchell Lewis has decided he's going to go ahead and make an early claim on wanting to contend for the Coleman medal. You know, he's had uh, three goals in round one, five this past week. You know, this is a this is a fun club. And I know as a cat supporter, I'm not supposed to say that, but it's uh, it's just a fun club to watch. 
you know, Sam Powell Pepper had three goals, but you know, Port Adelaide is really struggling to find anybody that can threaten other clubs in the forward 50. Charlie Dixon cannot get healthy soon enough. Now, Port did have 14 minor scores, so there's some inaccuracy there, of course. Hawthorne with only six. Now, it's a uh, – it could be a long year for Port Adelaide. You know, this is a club that has a lot of talent, but as we've all talked about, this is also a club that hasn't won the big game. They haven't defeated the, the top side when they needed to defeat them. Now, I have to say, even though I did tip GWS this week to beat the Tigers, I was very impressed with what I saw from, from Richmond this weekend. This is a side that very easily could have just rolled over. They could have uh, just played dead, and they didn't. This is a side that has, you know, a lot of veteran leadership, but some of that was missing, you know, with Jack Rewall being out after having had thumb surgery and, you know, Dustin Martin stepping aside. Uh, and you wonder for how long, because we're hearing speculation. I mean, there are all sorts of rumors flying around social media. You know, I've heard ones that he's going to be out for a couple of weeks while he gets himself in a good place. I've heard others saying he's going to retire. Somebody said he's going to Sydney. Somebody said he's moving to New Zealand to take over his father's business. I don't have a clue what's happening. What I do know is that whatever he does, I hope he gets himself into a good place where he's happy. And if that means he puts on the, uh, the black and yellow again, then so be it. If he doesn't, well, he's had one hell of a career. And you Tiger supporters have three premierships during his time to cherish for the rest of your lives. So I wish him nothing but the best here. I hope he gets himself situated. You know, Noah Balta and Tom Lynch, they picked up the, uh, the slack for the club with seven goals, four. And, of course, the Giants, if you watched the game, you saw that they lost one of their key defenders in Phil Davis, who looked like he severely pulled a hamstring when he was making a running chase-down tackle. Now, we do have to go back to the first game of the round, and I didn't really talk about this one, but you got to tip your cap to the Carlton Blues again. You know, the, the Bulldogs played a very solid game, kept it within two goals. Again, the problem here, 12 minors to 13 goals. If they turn three of those minor scores into goals, they're sitting at one and one on the ladder and probably about ninth on the ladder right now. But they've not been able to figure that out yet. This is a club that desperately needs some help up forward. You know, hopefully Josh Bruce is able to come back and help them out. But it's it's a club that, you know, they didn't have anybody that was scoring more than two goals. Uh, this past weekend, you know, Tom Libertori kicked two, as well as Anthony Scott and Mitch Hannon. But no, there's nobody that's kind of just grabbed the game by its roots of his hair and just said, I'm going to take this thing over here. I'm going to go ahead and dominate here in the forward 50. You know, a lot of people have been thinking, you know, Tim English could possibly do that, but he's been, well, let's be honest, he's kind of been bogged down in the ruck, you know, because 
you talk about the ruck situation and Geelong being in flux, and it arguably has been since I've been following the game. But the ruck position right now in with the Bulldogs is is a little little rough. But you know, you got to look then at at somebody like you know Patty Cripps and just go, wow, is this guy going to be as good as we think he's going to be? And and of course he is. He's been a phenomenal player, but then he goes out and, and does things like he did this last week with 35 disposals and five tackles. And you know, Charlie Kernow kicking five goals. And Harry Mackay you know, pushing his way back into Coleman contention again. You know, this, this comp has got some great young key forwards coming through right now. So we're going to have some, some kids who are going to be you know, kicking some goals in large quantities here over the next uh, decade or so. Are they going to be able to put the number of goals on the board that uh, somebody like Lance Franklin has? I don't know, but maybe we will see another thousand goal score. Maybe we will, but we're going to certainly have to wait a little while before we do see that though. But yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just really impressed with Carlton. You know, they had every reason to kind of just, fold up this weekend, you know, with the senior coach missing because of, you know, COVID protocols. Now, from what I understand, he was able to, of course, keep in touch with them by phone all during the week at practices and even during the game, talking to them between quarters, but still a, uh, a tough situation for a club to, to overcome a club that is just learning how to consistently win. And so far so good on that front. This has been a, Fun club to watch, and as as you know, I like to give Carlton a hard time, you know, because of them, uh, you know, xing me out of getting on the radio back in uh, September. So, of course, I wish them nothing but the best. I mean, I wish that of every club, unless they happen to be playing the Cats that weekend. So, looking at what went on out at Optus, we talked about Freeman a little bit already, but uh, we're starting to see. The uh, another one of those key forwards start to make a name for himself, and of course, that's one of the two King brothers. You know, we got Max out this year with the knee injury, but Ben Ben had a phenomenal game against uh, Fremantle this week, and you know he he ended up kicking four goals himself and three of them in just a very short period of time, if I'm not mistaken. And Jack Higgins. You know, somebody who has been much maligned because of his goal kicking came out and kicked another four. So those two guys combined for eight of the nine goals that the Saints went ahead and kicked this weekend. And I got to tell you, I love the new mustache on Ben King. King, he looks like one of the villains right out of an Agatha Christie model, not model, novel. He looks like a one of the villains out of an Agatha Christie novel. Let's try that in English. Of course, you, you've got the, the great midfielder, you know, Andrew Brayshaw. You know, we're, we're still waiting for Nat Fife to come back into the side. You know, this is a club that's a little bit banged up, but again, Fremantle struggling to score goals. You know, Brayshaw had a monster game with, with 40 disposals, 10 marks, and 8 tackles. Like I said, this is a club that is still really struggling to put the ball through the sticks. And until they can do that more consistently, 
they're going to struggle to get wins. And I, based upon what I saw, unfortunately, I feel comfortable putting them where I put them on the ladder this year. They're going to have to prove me wrong. Of course, there are others who are ahead of them right now who are going to have to prove me wrong already as well to stay where they are. Now we move on to what might have been one of the most exciting games of the weekend, and that was Melbourne and Gold Coast. Now say what you will about Gold Coast, but this is an exciting, fun, young club to watch. They're energetic. They look like they're having a good time. I think that the relationship that they have with their coach, with Stuart Dew, is not too different than the relationship that the Lions supporters have with Chris Fagan. I think we might be a year or maybe two behind where the Lions are when it comes to Gold Coast. And it all remains to be seen whether or not Stuart Dew is going to get that opportunity to take this to fruition, to help lead this club. Because are they going to be in the top eight this year? I suppose they could be, but I don't know if they've got enough talent on their side yet to do that. They might, but I'm not quite convinced that that's going to happen yet. I mean, they've got a really, really good young midfield. I mean, they've got a midfield that if, if I'm ranking them are certainly in the top half of midfields. I would certainly put them in the top half. I don't know if I don't know if I put them in the top quarter yet, but I'd certainly put them in the top nine when you got Tuke Miller and you got, you know, Noah Anderson, you got Matty Rowell in there. This is a young up and coming side. And I hope they're able to keep them together just for the sake of the, the continuity of the game there. Okay. You know, Tuke Miller again paced them, 38 disposals. You know, they had four players kick two goals apiece. And the D's, you know, they did enough in the fourth quarter to keep the Suns at bay. They kicked five behinds, which kept them out to their two goal, their two goal lead. I think it was actually a 13 point lead, actually. But as I mentioned last week, you've got the, you know, the the two young men that grew up playing together, Christian Petraka and Clayton Oliver. And I don't know if you listened to the uh audio clip that I put in there from YouTube from the uh, song or the movie, Annie, get your gun. But I, I firmly believe that that anything you can do, I can do better song is being sung between these two guys. Yeah. I think Melbourne is still a benchmark. They're certainly still the team to beat until somebody knocks them off. You know, but the songs, like I said, they're going to be a fun club to watch this year. And it's, uh, it's enjoy. It's great watching footy clubs improve and get better and be competitive because I don't think, I don't think any of us enjoy seeing the games, whether it's a 60 point blowout or a hundred point win or whatever the case may be. Those games that are, you know, come down to six or eight or 10 points where the, the game could go either way in the last couple minutes of the game. It's exciting as hell. And I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think you'll be able to convince me that that's not the case. Sure. Be great to have my club win comfortably, but it's pretty darn exciting to see him, you know, hold on for a win at the end or to kick that game winning goal after the siren. 
those are things that make this game absolutely terrific. Now, if we move on then to the the game that a lot of people think shouldn't have even happened. And I would love to get your input on this, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, and so far I've not had anybody hop online yet. Was the game cheapened? Was the comp for 2022 reduced at all by having the Eagles and Ruse game played? Yeah. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last week and a half or so, you know that the Eagles were decimated by COVID protocol over this last week to the point where they had to go out and bring in, I believe, five players, if not six, from their supplemental list. And one of them was listed as an emergency, had to come in because somebody got injured during pregame. But I have to tell you, I tip my cap out of respect to the West Coast Eagles because they could have very easily just rolled over and played dead in this game. But they battled. They fought. They didn't win it, but they kept themselves close. And you can't be more than impressed with that. You know, the, uh, the ruse were, of course, were led by Nick Larkey. And nine of his 16 disposals led directly to points. He kicked six goals, three behinds. So over half the time he got rid of the ball, he scored points with it. That's not a bad deal if you can do that. If you can do that every week in and week out. You know, it was a great showing against a depleted side of the Eagles for him. But I wonder if this game should have been pushed back to the bye weeks. Maybe they shuffle the schedule around a little bit and have them play this game during, what would that be, rounds 11, 12, and 13, I believe. Surely they could have adjusted the bye weeks there and had these two clubs match up to where they could have played at that point in time. Now, I know that there is a finite amount of time in which the the comp can be in the MCG, because if I'm not mistaken, once the grand final is done, they have to do some work to transition the grounds there to be used for cricket during the summer. So I'm not sure what the deadline is for that or how long they need it. But again, I understand that there's a, a scheduled time for the grand final. I'm not advocating for pushing back the grand final or changing the date of that or anything like that because people have already made airline reservations. They've purchased, hopefully, access to tickets. So you don't want to see... You know, play, people who are planning on coming to the game have to go back in and change the way that they are going to try to come to the game by pushing it back. But something had to be done for this because, you know, I know they did things with the women's comp where they actually shut it down for a week and a half until the Magpies could play this past weekend. And I'm not advocating for going into hubs or anything of that nature because the Eagles and the Dockers of the AFLW already did that this year to keep that comp going. And you should applaud them for that. And it, and the Dockers are still playing. They're going to be in the prelims this weekend against uh, Adelaide and Brisbane's going to be playing at the MCG against the D's. And then we'll have the grand final. 
But I just, I wonder if, if this game could have been pushed back. And since it wasn't, is this going to be the kind of game that helps to galvanize the Eagles? Does this game bring that side together? You know, again, this is a side that is starting to show some wear and tear. This is an older club. And as I've mentioned before, you know, people talk about uh, the uh, the Cats of being an older club. And I, and I love how Peps over on the uh, Lace Out podcast refers to Geelong as Dad's Army. I think that's hilarious. And again, if you have not gone and listened to that uh, interview that uh, Peps did, I'm sorry, that Chris Pepper did since it was an interview, I'm going to refer to him by his actual name, uh, that he did regarding sports wagering and betting in Australia. You should go check out the Lace Out podcast. It was a fascinating discussion. I put a link to it in a recent episode of mine so you could go check it out. But the Eagles are almost as much of a quote-unquote dad's army as the Cats are. So, you know, I guess that's that Vic bias, if you will, that they don't necessarily get identified with that. So we kind of looked at all the games for this week. And, you know, the big news, of course, was Buddy Franklin's 1,000th and Dusty Martin stepping away from the club. And again, I wish him nothing but the best. Whatever that happens to be, I wish him nothing but the best. Now, of course, this weekend we have the uh, the final four, the prelims coming up for the AFLW. And, you know, Brisbane jumped out to a huge lead and left no doubt when they beat Collingwood by, I believe, 50 points this weekend. Uh, and they're going to be heading off to face the D's at the MCG. And I believe this is the first women's game being played at the MCG. And if I looked at the times on the Watch AFL app correctly, there are not any men's games being played at that time. And I don't think I read that wrong. So if you've not given women's footy a chance yet, this weekend and next is certainly your opportunity to do that. Because you've got the Crows hosting the Dockers at the Adelaide Oval and the Lions facing the D's at the MCG. So two storied footy grounds hosting two huge games. And I hope they get massive crowds. I really do. If you get a chance to get out there on Friday, I strongly encourage you to check it out because I think it's going to be a couple of great matchups. I plan on watching them. They're going to be on here in prime time. So I'm really excited about that. And I do love the fact that they announced that the AFLW grand final is going to be set up at a time where it's going to be a standalone game. It's going to be the only game in town. There will not be any games from the men's comp taking place while theirs is happening. And I think this is a great opportunity for this burgeoning comp to get on the stage in front of a large audience. So, as I said, if you're not watching the game yet on the women's side, you owe it to yourself to check it out because these four clubs are four really good sides, and they've got some phenomenal footy players. They've got some phenomenal athletes that you're going to be seeing here. Some great, you know, great young players uh, that, are, that are coming through. You've got some great veterans like Aaron Phillips. It's just going to be a lot of fun this weekend, and I can't wait to see who's going to be playing in the grand final. Now, folks, that's 
pretty much covering everything that I wanted to get into this week. And unfortunately, nobody stopped by to chat. I know that the time is not exactly opportune. It's not a great time for those of you who are in Melbourne to come on or actually anywhere else in Australia. Yeah, I think it's eight o'clock on the uh, West Coast. But uh, once the uh, school year here wraps up, I'll be able to do these in, these uh, episodes at a time that's a little bit more conducive to getting uh, people in Australia engaged. Okay, because I'll be able to do these in the late afternoon, early evening, uh, your time. So, folks, I do want to invite you to check out the podcast's uh, website at yankonthefooty.com. Over there, if you want to help out the podcast, you can check, check out the Buy Me a Coffee page or my store page on Redbubble. I just had a friend shoot me a picture of their computer. They just put a new uh, a Yank on the Footy sticker on the back of their computer. Rick, thanks a bunch for that, man. And remember, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, fill out the guest intake form that's over on the website. Uh, I've had a couple people fill out the listener form here, so I'm going to be getting in touch with them. And I do hope that you'll also sign up for the mailing list while you're there as well. That way, when new episodes come out or when I'm going to be going live, I'll send you a link to those things before they go anywhere else. So you can put it on your calendar. You can schedule it if you want to come on board. And I hope you do. Because, you know, this evening I'm talking just to myself. But I do hope that you'll consider, you know, coming on the show and sharing your thoughts as we go forward here. Now, remember, you can, like I said, you can get on the mailing list. You can leave a review. So if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy what I'm doing, it would be a huge help if you could leave a review that I could then share out with other people that, that give them the idea that this is worthy of them investing their time in. And several of you have filled out reviews, and I greatly appreciate that. I can't thank you enough. Remember, you can also find me on Twitter at Yank underscore on or on Instagram and Facebook at a Yank on the Footy. Or you can reach me by email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And again, I do hope you'll check out my website. I am going to be putting a new blog post up there probably tomorrow. It's about a, uh, an episode idea that I have that I'm going to be hopefully doing here in the very near future. But it's predicated by the league and the sports network networks here in the United States getting off their butts and actually working out an agreement because we're now two rounds into the season and no agreement here to get any of the games televised in the States. My boss, the, the principal at the school where I teach, an Essendon supporter, I got him the information to go ahead and sign up as an international member a few months back. Well, he hadn't done that as of yet. And I stopped by his office earlier today at school and mentioned to him that I was curious whether or not he had signed up yet. He said, well, let me do it right now. So I believe he did sign up. So hopefully he's got the app where he can now watch the games on his computer or he can send them over to his Chromecast or he can plug in an HDMI cable to his computer and send it directly to his television. Because I think once he gets to see it, he's going to be fascinated by everything that's available to him there. So, folks, I do hope that you'll share this episode or your favorite episode with your friends and family. Again, if you like the podcast, I do hope that you'll consider 
stopping by my show page on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. You can leave a review on my website. In fact, if you go to my website and click on the review button, there's a link which will take you directly to Apple to leave a review there if you choose to do so. But you can leave one right on the podcast as well. And folks, remember also on the website, you can leave voicemails there. So if you have questions for me that I can add into future episodes, we can certainly do that. And if you happen to have a footy sticker for your local footy club and you wouldn't mind dropping it in the mail, I'll have my mailing address in the show notes. I'd greatly appreciate it. And folks, don't forget, we're a couple rounds in. This weekend is going to be fantastic. We've got 11 games of footy, professional footy, in terms of the AFL and the AFLW. Enjoy the games. I will be back later this week with my tips for round three. Treat each other well. Have fun. Be happy. Be healthy. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later.